everyone, Emily Abadi here. You are listening to another installment of Hurdle Moment from Hurdle. This week for the show, I wanted to talk about something that I have been having many conversations about lately, both with my friends and of course, over direct message with many of you, and that is negative self-talk. To do that, I wanted to bring in an expert, and that expert is Dr. Amy Service. She is a New York licensed mental health counselor, as well as a New Jersey licensed professional counselor, and also the director of clinical content at Talkspace. For our conversation today, we unpack everything from what is negative self-talk, what can cause negative self-talk, if there are some individuals that are more prone to it, than others, as well as, and I never heard of this before, the different types of negative self-talk. Of course, really important, how to negate it, how to manage it, how to deal with it, and strategies that you can use regularly to help foster a more positive inner dialogue. I certainly struggle with negative self-talk like many of you. I think it's important to be open and honest about that. Specifically, one of the different types of negative talk that Dr. Service talks about in today's episode is called filtering. Being guilty of you could have an amazing day, everything could be great, you're healthy, you feel good, but one bad thing could happen. One negative comment could come through and that's the thing you focus on. We talk about how to get over this and what happens if you really do feel like you are stuck in a rut. Before I get into today's episode, I do wanna take a moment to thank my sponsor at Beam. Beam is a Boston-based CBD company that is making waves in the wellness industry. And lately, I have been using Beam products, well, maybe more than ever before. They have a range of options available from their The One Tincture to their Focus Capsules to one of my go-tos, the Dream Blend. Think of this as a cinnamon-flavored hot chocolate with their THC-free Nano CBD melatonin, magnesium, L-theanine, amazing ingredients to help me better get to sleep and stay asleep through the night. They are offering Hurdle listeners an awesome deal. Head on over to beamtlc.com, that's B-E-A-M-T-L-C.com, and use the code HURDLE at checkout to get 15% off. And the best part, subscriptions are already heavily discounted, which means that if you use the code HURDLE at checkout, you could get 35% off a Dream Blend subscription today. Plus, you will get a frother, yes please, and a cute beam mug. Again, head on over to beamtlc.com, B-E-A-M-T-L-C.com, and use the code HURDLE for 15% off your purchase today. As always, make sure you're following along with Hurdle over on social media. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi. And if you could do me a favor, if you haven't done it yet, I say it often, but I mean it. It means the world to me. Take a second, rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts. Thanks, y'all. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I'm chatting with Dr. Amy Service. She is Talkspace's Director of Clinical Content. How are you doing, Dr. Service? Good morning. I'm doing well. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy that you are here as well. So 
Today, I wanted to bring you on because I feel like a theme a lot here on the show is how we talk to ourselves and specifically handling and navigating negative self-talk. And I know that is a topic that you are certainly familiar with, correct? For sure, especially right now. Self-talk is such an integral part of what we do constantly on a day-to-day basis and things that we're not even aware of. Um, And it affects the way that we experience the world and it affects the way we think and feel. Uh, It's definitely a hot topic for sure. First and foremost, why don't you give me a little information on your backstory? Did you always think that this was the line of work that you were going to get into? Oh, that's a good question. So I think so. You know, I was one of those kids that grew up thinking, I just want to work with people. But what that translated into, I had no idea. I ended up in a counseling program after I was already admitted to a master's of education program. And it was just some classes that I took and I fell in love with it. Ever since then, I did know that's exactly what I wanted to do. There's a ton of clinical information and training and expertise that I have, but what is the most rewarding for me is really being let into somebody's life and life stories. And and that just never gets old. And it's just something I, I always feel really honored to do. And I still really love doing it. I feel like you might get this question often, but As a licensed mental health counselor, is it ever weird for you? Do people just think that you're supposed to have like all of your shit just like completely figured out because you help other people with theirs? Totally. Totally. And I think there was definitely some um, shame moments early on when I'd be like, "Um, I, you know, definitely don't have it all together. So, you know, I don't want to tell anybody all of these things that are going on for me. But over the years, yeah, I think that also I've tried to embrace that speaking of self-talk, remind myself that I am human and that it is probably an asset that I don't that number one, I know I'm not perfect. And number two, I don't pretend to be so that it's just much more relatable to know that, you know, we're all in this human experience together. And I also mentioned that that you are Talkspace's director of clinical content. So talk to me a little bit about what Talkspace is and what your role is with the company. Yeah. So Talkspace is therapy online, which means you are connected to your therapist virtually through an app or through a website on the computer. Um, And you can talk to them via written messages, audio, video, or live sessions, sort of. It runs the gamut of the way that you connect with your therapist. And I've personally been a therapist there for the last five years. And then over the last two and a half years, I slowly... um, continued to be more and more involved in the company because I really found it to be revolutionary in the way that I got to meet and see clients and connect with them and have gotten more involved with the company. And so as the director of clinical content, what I what I do is I, I sort of work with everybody, all the teams uh, within the company on their clinical content, um, whether that is internally with our blog and our IG and making sure all of that clinical content is relevant and accurate and also informing our business partnerships, really anything. Um, There's a, it, it really is a group of folks. One of the reasons I also love working in the company is that it is mission driven and everybody who is working there really is passionate about mental health care. So it's easy to have conversations across the company. Such an interesting approach to therapy. I think that one of the questions that 
I got the most when I shared with my audience that I started going to therapy a couple years ago was how do you find a therapist? Now, whether or not this is on Talkspace or in real life, do you have any suggestions or tips or tricks to help people find the right match for them when it comes to a therapist? Yes. I always say don't hesitate to change, to shop around and whatever that looks like. So making sure that it's somebody that you meet with at least four times, give it four times of a meeting, whether that's asynchronous online or whether that's in real life, meet with them, talk to them, um, give it a moment to, to sort of find that connection. And if it's not a good fit, you are under no obligation to stay there. I think it's a it's something different when you're going to therapy versus going to a doctor where it's a little bit easier that relationship isn't as deep maybe or you haven't gone into all of the details that you have with a therapist, but it's so important because it is the relationship that is transformative in therapy. And so finding the right fit is important and don't be afraid to say, you know what, this isn't working out. Therapists are used to that and good therapists will say, I totally get it. I understand. Please, you know, uh, let me help support you finding someone that is a good fit. Yeah. And I think often it's like, obviously, a therapist is providing a service, but still like human nature is you have a hard time, or at least I can definitely vouch that I have a hard time. I've like never walked away from like any serious relationship. So it's like, I'm sorry. It's not you. It's me. I don't know what I'm doing here. For sure. And that's so common. It's it's hard. It's, It's really hard. So now that we've got that little tidbit of advice today, what we're really here to jive on is navigating negative self talk. So First, I think the good thing for us to do is kind of like explain what's going on when we start to have these negative self-talk thoughts and and maybe a couple examples of what those might look like. Yeah. So when I describe negative self-talk, it really is either it is the way that we speak to ourselves, right? The words, the things that we're saying to ourselves, but it's also not always, we're not always conscious of it. And so it is really about peeling back and understanding what we think about ourselves and what we think about a situation. And so, you know, if we just talk a, take a general example of what um, negative self-talk is, it's the inner dialogue. And it's the, if it's negative, it's about, it's anything that you're saying to yourself that can be limiting to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Limiting. So that's interesting because you might not think of some limiting thoughts as quote unquote negative self-talk. It could just be like, I can't do this. 100%. Exactly. So it could be, I can't do this, or this is too hard, or it's too complicated. I'm no good at this. I've never Mm. been good at this. A lot of generalizations, like this is impossible. Right. So I guess in my mind at first, but now hearing you explain it, I was thinking that negative self-talks are really only thoughts that kind of put ourselves down, but it's really bigger than that. It is really bigger than that. It is It is definitely inclusive of bringing ourselves down or putting ourselves down, but it really encompasses a broader scope of fear, of, of anything that's sort of fear-driven and it's character-driven within ourselves, or it seems too insurmountable. Um, 
you know, to get technical, it breaks down into four different categories that the way that we define it as therapists, it can be polarizing, which means it's either all or nothing. It's either completely good or bad and that there's no gray area and our thoughts automatically go automatically go to good or bad. And this fits into the bad category. It can just simply be about having a day filtering, we call it, but it could be about a day where we go through the day and a million wonderful things happen, but someone says one thing to us and that's what we focus on. And we are focused on that negative thing, um, which I personally can relate to. Um, catastrophizing, sort of getting into a situation and thinking worst case scenario and then personalizing things. So when something happens, instead of it being about uh, the, the entirety of the thing, we take it and think it is something to do with us. We, we absorb it all onto ourselves. Yeah, that filtering. Filtering and I have a long existing relationship that mm-hmm. has been in the works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And we just, we, we sort of work like that. A lot of people work like that just as humans of, we can tell you all of the negative things that happened yesterday or the one thing that happened last week, but there could have been this incredible week of all these wonderful things, but what sticks with us and what sort of sits in our gut is that thing that was negative. Yeah. A follow-up here. Are there certain types of people or certain personality types or what have you that maybe more prone to negative self-talk than others? Yes, kind of. I say that with a with a qualifier. If you are more prone to stress and anxiety, if you are more prone to being more of a, a cautious, careful person, you're gonna weigh your your options. You're sort of gonna your your risk aversion is if that's high, you're going to think of the negative first. And that's mm. gonna be more what you're prone to do. But I say that with a caveat because all of us are prone to do that when we're in moments of fear, stress, anxiety, or when there's been a string of things that have been happening <laughs> over the last year that have been <laughs> negative, we're, we're sort of going to be a little bit more fearful. And when our brains are filled with stress and anxiety and fear, we're going we're gonna to focus on that sort of like we can recognize that and latch onto that first. So we're more prone to do it then. What I will say about the past year is like just this collective understanding that things have been hard and that we're all going through it. And I feel like for the first time, maybe, I mean, for me in my adult life, it was kind of a mutual connection that you had with people that you knew, people that you didn't know, that it was like asking a simple question, like, how are you after the past year? That has a little bit different amount of weight than it used to. You know what I'm saying? I think so too. I think that that has been a silver lining of all of this as we move forward is, oh yeah, like, no, really, I do want to know how you're doing. It's not just a saying. And we know that, you know, we're all probably having different variations of, "Mm, no, not, not great, but uh, here is what I'm going through. We have a conversation about mental health these days that we definitely didn't have a year, year and a half ago. Okay, so now we have established what negative self-talk is, who may kind of be a little bit more prone to it. But the next thing on our agenda here is how to address it. So what's one of your first tips for dealing with negative self-talk? 
Number one, know that it's happening, recognize when it's happening and be, um, and, and stop, stop in the moment, just stop yourself to recognize and acknowledge. We often get into habits, our behavioral habits, but mental and emotional habits as well. We don't even know that we're doing it. We're sort of three steps beyond it. And so just stopping and recognizing when it's happening, that's step one. And then the other piece to that is, well, you know, now what do I do? Sort of recognize I'm doing it. And so the other piece to that is sort of spending intentional time building up some positive self-talk with a whole lot in between of understanding and sort of weighing out, which is why therapy is good. All right, well, what is real? What makes sense? And what doesn't make sense? And, And being able to filter through some of those things. I feel like often we refer to that as being able to separate fact from feeling. Like fact, I have brown hair. Feeling, I'm afraid of heights, right? 100%. And that's something that, and I feel like we'll get into this now as we talk about maybe some coping strategies or things that you can do when you're experiencing negative self-talk. For me, like talking about it again, going to therapy, being open about what I was dealing with and my anxieties, that's where I started to learn about how to combat that negative inner dialogue. Not to say, of course, please, God, like yesterday, this morning, I'm always dealing with how I'm how I'm filtering negative self-talk. But I would say that that was one of the steps that I took to help me get more acquainted with it and understand the differences as you, as we just articulated between fact and feeling and going to therapy helped me to do that. Yeah, exactly. And and it's a process. I think that's why I always start with wait, stop and recognize it um, because there's a number of ways to combat it. And it can be about, oh, Hey, here's, here's what I'm doing. Let me just take five deep breaths, sort of shake it off. Let me focus on something, you know, whether it is the activity that we're doing, you're doing, whether it's combating and understanding um, that what you're, what, how you're reacting is your feeling or isn't quite true. We have skewed perspectives often of, of ourselves and what's going on. And then spending some time, you know, we don't have to be, I think the the myth also is that affirmations or positive self-talk is always, you know, bright, shiny, wonderful, happy things, but it but it really doesn't have to be. It can simply be about um, reality-based, you know, examples of it, it's too complicated. You know, there's no way that I'm ever going to do it. It can be as simple as, you know what, maybe not, but I'm just going to go ahead and try. So just some, some real reality speak. Right. We've talked about recognizing that negative self-talk is happening, working on and practicing positive self-talk, and that sometimes can be reality-based. What else can someone do if they feel as though they are just really struggling with this negative inner dialogue? Exploring it, right? So that's where I think therapy comes in to understand. So exploring it with a therapist, with a trusted friend, and also it seems like it might be askew, but one of the things that I think is really important is to um, take a look, zoom out, take a look at everything that's going on in your life right now. Because if we, if we just focusing sometimes on that negative self-talk, we're sort of losing the, you know, forest through the trees, sort of missing out on, you know, what else are, what else is going on in your life? Take, take life, take some inventory of, um, you know, how are you 
sleeping? How are you eating? What does your self-care look like? What's going on within your relationships? What's going on at work? When I say self-care too, I think just lifestyle, exercise, you know, what what are all of these areas in your life? What do they look like right now? And and take some inventory because there's probably other things that might also need to be acknowledged or addressed. And in that, I mean, the beauty of that is being able to discover and articulate what certain pattern behaviors might be, correct? 100%. Yes. Let's, if we want to talk about that a little bit more of pattern behaviors of anything that's not self serving to you. Mm. So pattern behaviors of um, sometimes we also get caught in acceptance of things that are not healthy for us or negative or toxic, and we don't necessarily do anything about them because they're just so familiar and so part of our lives that um, it does take an outside intervention to, to speaking about it, to shake it up and to recognize what isn't serving us anymore. Definitely. And you were talking earlier about just this idea of zooming out and looking at life as a whole. And I speak from experience in that I certainly try that approach quite often. It's like, okay, this one thing is going bad, but relatively speaking to everything else that's going on in my life, I'm healthy, my family is healthy, et cetera, et cetera. What do you tell the person who, you know, they're really working on zooming out? But like sometimes it's just like, shoot, like, can I just have this minute? Because I think society almost is just like, zoom out, like everything's fine, like you are fine. But sometimes like, can't we just feel this? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Well, there's two things that I think that you mentioned that are really important. So um, the first is that that's the difference also. So if you're zooming out and you're saying, well, you know what, let me get some perspective. Let, let's stop for a minute. Let me acknowledge what's going on. Let me zoom out. Let me really take a look at the whole picture. But consistently over and over again, you only see the negative or you feel really bad. I mean, that might lead into depression. It might be more mm. than self-talk. And so there's that piece that I think is important to recognize that we all have some of this negative self-talk and and stopping it and replacing these and taking a look at the entirety and gaining some perspective. Those are things that are important, but if it's not helping, it might be something more than that. But then you also mentioned, I mean, there's two things, stopping it also and zooming out can either help you say, oh, wait a minute, this is actually a problem that I need to do something about. And so let me acknowledge that because productivity and addressing a problem area can be really helpful and alleviating. But then also sitting through those feelings, just being how, feeling how you feel and sitting through that is a skill and it takes practice and it's super uncomfortable, but it's also something that is a really healthy skill to learn to deal with because if we can sit through that and we can endure and build up that tolerance, we're moving to the other side of that in a in a productive, healthy way as well. And that's also okay to just not be okay. We don't necessarily always have to fix it or there might not be a fix. For sure. And I think what you said, it's okay not to be okay. It's just so important to recognize that and to understand that sometimes these negative thoughts, you know, they're coming because you've worked really hard at something and it didn't go as you had hoped. And you don't work hard at things to quote unquote fail at them. But when you can sit with it, learn from it, and then move forward from it, 
that's the important thing. It's not that you're not allowed to feel sad or feel angry or experience these negative thoughts. What's important is what you do with them. So well said. It is the difference between, oh, okay, so this happened and I'm disappointed. That's a human emotion. So I'm going to allow myself to feel disappointed. And I, I can also feel really proud and happy with myself. And so being able to embrace all of that is important. Negative self-talk is when it's really, you know, we're talking about just being really skewed and not being able to look at the positive, but simply focusing on the negative. And, but there is such value in just saying, yeah, that didn't go as planned. I'm really disappointed. I'm going to feel disappointed. Right. Right. Okay. So right now, if you had to offer a piece of advice to someone that does feel like they're kind of in that stuck place, right? In the place where they can't get out of the negative self-talk pattern, would you say, I'm assuming number one, talk to somebody? One Number one, talk to somebody just to get us through that stuck point. It really does help when you have somebody to talk to, to sort of put all of the pieces out there um, and figure out, okay, you know, here's my, here are my strengths. Here's what I need to do here. Here's some perspective. Number one, if you finding yourself in those periods where you just can't get out of that stuckness, go ahead and reach out for help and allow someone to help you through that piece, that moment. I think all of these strategies that we articulated today, super, super helpful. And I really appreciate what you got into about describing like the four different types of negative self-talk, I guess. I've never heard someone articulate those before. Yeah. And they, they really do. I think when we articulate them and they fit into those categories, we can recognize what we're doing a little bit more and understand Mm. it and then be able to then pull it apart and combat it in a, in a more effective way. For sure. Well, Dr. Service, I appreciate you so much for, for giving us your wisdom, for talking us through negative self-talk and how to better be equipped to handle it when it arises in the future. For the hurdlers that want to keep up with you and want to follow along with Talkspace, how do they do so? Where can they find you? Yes, Talkspace.com and the Talkspace blog is under Talkspace Voice, the TalkspaceVoice.com. Um, our blog has a ton of information and of course our Instagram as well. Um, check out all of our content there. Tons of mental health insight and information. Beautiful. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.